There is no other way to know who God is other than knowing who Jesus is. When he said, I am the way, the way means a road or a means of access. So if Jesus said, I am the road, I am the means of access to know who the Father is, there is no other way. You cannot know who God is without coming to Jesus first. That name of Jesus must be preached in the United States of America. It must be preached in every region that God is sending us to. Because there's no other way for these people to know who God is than to know the name of Jesus. He said, I am the truth. The truth, when we break it down in the scripture, it means that Jesus was the perfect expression of truth. It means that The truth is in Jesus, or meaning truth in all of its fullness and its entire scope is in Jesus. So if you want to know the truth, you want to know how to be saved, you want to be free from false doctrine, from being deceived, you have to know who Jesus is. He said, I am the life. The life here means the way God intended it to be from the very beginning. When God created man, when he created the the earth, and he placed Adam in the garden and later gave him Eve, and they walked with him and they were in his presence, it was the way God intended it to be. That is how he wanted life to be, access to God's presence. And when Jesus said, I am the life, he, he was saying, I am what God intended it to be for you from the beginning. If you want to have that, you have to know who I am because you cannot have the fullness of truth without me. You cannot have life without me. You cannot know who God is without me. So if we are to know who God is, we have to know who Jesus is. Now, I want to read, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 17 through 24. It says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk and the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. This here, being alienated from the life of God, this word life is the same life as when Jesus said, I am the life. So when we walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of our minds because of ignorance that is in them, because of blindness of their heart, we cannot be close to that life that God intended for us to have. And so these nations that God is sending us to, they are walking with their understanding darkened. They are blind. They are alienated from the life of God. But that name of Jesus is going to be preached in these nations. And when that name of Jesus is preached, there's no longer going to be an alienation from the life of God, but people are going to be able to have access to who God is. They're going to have access to understanding of the scriptures. They'll be able to comprehend what the Lord desires for them and what the will of God is. There are nations that are going to be saved. There are governments in other nations that are going to change because the name of Jesus is going to be preached. Verse 19 says, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all in uncleanness with greediness. 
But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. I read this to show that Jesus made a statement that he is the way, the truth, and the life. But Paul here is writing to the church of Ephesus, breaking down this same thing, explaining that Jesus is the truth. The truth is in Jesus. If you want to know truth and you want to know who God is and you want to know what his will is for your life, you have to know who Jesus is. He is the only way to God Almighty. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, that God was manifested in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen by angels. He was preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. And we know that this all is describing Jesus. Colossians 2 and 9 tells us, For in him, in, in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of of the Godhead bodily. The Godhead means the state of being God or the sum total of who God is. So everything that God is, is in the man, Christ Jesus. So when we say you have to know Jesus to know who God is, we're not saying you have to know a second person in the Godhead or the Son of God as a different, distinct person from the Father. We're not saying that. But to say to know who Jesus is is to say that you know who God is because Jesus is God himself, robed in flesh, manifested before our eyes, come here to show us who he is. We must build upon Jesus and Jesus alone. That name of Jesus alone can save. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that name is Jesus. So Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom also you are are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Now, If you don't know what a cornerstone is, a cornerstone is the first stone laid in a building's construction. And from this stone, the rest of the building is put together. If you lay the cornerstone incorrectly, if you do not start with the right cornerstone, the rest of the building will not be put together as it was intended in the design. So you must start with the right cornerstone. If you get that first piece off, the whole rest of the building will not be as intended. You must have the right cornerstone. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, we must build upon him and him alone. There is no other foundation on which we can build. There is no other way. There is no other name. And The reason I was was sitting and meditating, thinking about some things, and the Lord led me to these scriptures because I was thinking there are so many people out there that are searching for a way. They are searching for some answers. They're looking for something to satisfy them. And they are 
aligning themselves with doctrines of men. They are aligning themselves with things that will get them nothing but maybe make them feel a little better for a time. There are nations, there's not any other nation like the United States of America. We are free to think, we are free to express ourselves, we are free to do what we want to do. And that could be a blessing and a curse because there is an unlimited amount of resources where you can go out and find something to make you feel good. Something to believe in. It's out there. But we also have the freedom to worship our God, to worship Jesus Christ with all of our hearts. We have that freedom, and we ought not to take that for granted. There's other nations that God is sending us to where the people don't have a choice what to believe in. There are some nations where you better believe this or we're going to punish you. There are some nations where there is one common doctrine, and if you don't follow that, you will be persecuted. We must build upon Jesus as the chief cornerstone. 1 Peter chapter 2, and before we go there, the scripture here in Ephesians says that we are being built together, being fitted together. So every nation that God is sending us to, every man, every woman, every child in these nations that will hear the word of the Lord preached is being fitted together with us here into a holy temple unto the Lord, being fitted together with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. It's going to reiterate the same thing. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore to you who believe he is precious, But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. So that very cornerstone that we ought to build on, that very same one that when we believe and we believe in the name of Jesus and we receive his word and we follow his word, we are being built upon that cornerstone, that same stone, those who reject it, He becomes a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to them. God will not be mocked. And to every nation that God is sending us to, those who will believe in the name of Jesus are going to be blessed and going to be fitted together. But I believe every individual, every government that rises up against what God is trying to do, he is going to be a stone of stumbling for them and a rock of offense. And they are going to be dealt with by the Lord because the Lord will not allow his kingdom to be stopped or his kingdom to be put to shame. He will raise up a people for himself and every nation that he sends us to. And he will not be mocked, but the name of Jesus will be glorified. I've got about 10 more minutes. And I want to, I want to share, I want to share this with you. 
I'll save it for the end. We're going to go here first. To build upon Jesus as the chief cornerstone, I think I said this earlier, it is not denying the Father. We do not deny that God is our Father in creation. But to know who Jesus is, is to know the Father. In John 14, we'll go back there, I believe it's verses 7 through 9. It says, Jesus said, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? So to to know who Jesus is, is to know who the Father is. It is to know who God is in his fullness. Now, I I read that to, I want to share this. I I believe we can see this principle at work in our natural lives. I have two children. I have Joseph and Benjamin, my my wonderful boys, super well-behaved sometimes. I love my children. They know me as Father. But if all I ever do is lay out my guidelines for them, discipline them, just provide for their needs, protect them, but I never spend any time with them. All they'll ever recognize me as is father. But when I spend time with them, when I play with them, when I get on their level, when they have an issue and I come running to meet their need in a different way than just here, oh, you you need some shoes, here's some money, mama, take care of that. When I really get down and spend time with them, that's when they begin to understand my attributes. They begin to understand who I am in a deeper level. They don't just know me as father or as the man that brings home the paycheck so that we can eat, the guy who cuts the grass so I can play in the yard. They know me on a different level because I spend time with them. So when we know who Jesus is, We are understanding who the Father is on a different level. In the Old Testament, the people of God knew him as a protector, as a provider. They knew him as their father in creation. They knew him as God. But there was, because of the fall of man in the garden, there was no intimate access to God. But there were select individuals who were allowed to be closer to God than the rest. You had the prophets and you had men of God like, like Moses and, and, and King David. And you had some individuals that were close to God. But for the majority of man, they didn't have that intimate relationship. So when God robed himself in flesh and came to this earth and manifested to us the name Jesus, and he began to dwell among his people, to walk among them and to minister to their needs, to show them a different side of himself. He is revealing the attributes of God in a new way that the people in the Old Testament had not seen. So that name of Jesus must be preached because there are a lot of people out there that have an idea of who God is. 
They have a basic understanding of who God is. They believe there is a creator. They believe there is a one God that, that created the universe, but they just don't understand in detail what that one God is really like. They don't understand that one God is not three separate persons, but there's one God who is alone and by himself that does not have an equal And when you understand that and you know that that one God, his name is Jesus, that's when you begin to understand who God truly is. You don't just have a basic understanding anymore, but now you really know who he is and you have access to the attributes to get close to him, to really meet your needs and to minister unto you. So as as I'm... Coming to a close, I have to know who my God is. I have to know the name of Jesus. I have to be baptized in Jesus' name. I have to be filled with his spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I must have the fullness of truth. But to have the fullness of truth, I have to have an understanding of who Jesus is. Now, here's the thing with, with where God is sending us. I read something on the Nextdoor app. If anybody, if you know what that is, it used to be beneficial. Now it's just drama. But I got on there, and I, I noticed a woman posted something that said, um, thinking about going back to church, looking for recommendations. And people began to just list, this church, this church, this church, this church. And she would say, I'll try that. Oh, I'll visit that one too. I'll, I'll keep trying all of these until I find one I like. But the thing that really bothered me is the people that would say, oh, go to so-and-so church over here because, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but this is the message, they have every program that you could ever need for any situation in your life. They didn't say, you will meet God in this church. They did not say, you will know who Jesus is in this church. They didn't say, you'll have a revelation of who God is in your life like you've never had before. They said, there's a program for you, and if you need something in your life, they've got a great minister that will institute this program for you. What is that going to get that woman? It's going to get her nowhere. She may feel better for a little bit, but man will let her down. And so the thing is, when God is sending us out, these men of God that are attached to the apostle, they are not going and establishing a program. They're not going and establishing anything but the name of Jesus. They are preaching the name of Jesus. They are laying Jesus as the chief cornerstone for these people to build upon. And as the influx comes in to this place, We have to make sure we as individuals, because it cannot all be done from the pulpit. It cannot all be done by a select few, but everyone together, the Lord just said, we are unified for one cause. When we all work together and we're all willing to minister to those who come in these doors, we must be careful that we don't give them anything else other than the name of Jesus. I've had many experiences with individuals that have wanted, seemingly wanted to know who God is and have wanted to come to this church with me, and I have brought them. But what I did, I made a mistake. Instead of giving them Jesus first, out of the kindness of my heart and out of a true love for people, I began to meet their needs myself. 
I began to give them things that they needed. I began to do favors for them. And so what happened is I didn't allow them to build upon Jesus as their chief cornerstone. What I did is I set up myself as their cornerstone. And when my ability to meet their need ran out, they walked out the door. That is why Jesus and Jesus himself has to be the chief cornerstone. Because if you build on anything else, you have a faulty foundation. So I must be careful not to give myself as a substitute for Jesus. We must be discerning of who comes in. Because there are going to be people that will be nothing more than leeches upon us. And will try to take us for everything that we have out of the kindness of our heart. But there are individuals that are hungry that are going to come in these doors, and that what they need is not just a friend. They don't just need me to meet their needs. They don't need me to buy them clothes. What they need is a foundation of Jesus. They need to know the word of God. And if God tells me, buy them some clothes. If God tells me to bless them, I'll do it. But until he tells me, I'm going to make sure that their foundation and their first hunger is for Jesus. Brother Sandoval, if you'll get ready. If you are here today and you've never had a a deeper understanding of who Jesus is, if you have a need in your life, the church does not meet the needs that you have. Jesus meets the needs that you have. And if you will lift your hands to him today, if you will declare unto him that you need him, that you want him, and you want to know him, he will reveal himself to you, and he will answer what is in your life, the questions that you have, the needs that you have. He is here today to meet your needs. 